And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many, among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Great, thank you. Apologies for any miscommunication there. Okay, wonderful. Welcome today to our new series on the purpose-driven life. Uh, it's exciting to, uh, to look at this series. Um, that key question that is across the whole series, that's on the front of the books, that's on uh, the screen at the moment, what on earth am I here for? What on earth are we here in Corowa for? What on earth are we doing with our lives? And of course, the idea that our life can and should have purpose, a purpose that is beyond us, that we would have a drive in our life, that we would be driven, have a, a motivation in our life. And what I love about this series and what I really encourage you uh, to, to engage in and to think about are the questions. There are so many good questions that are in this material that Rick Warren brings to us. Uh, and for us to, to think over, for us to, like, what uh, is this question asking of me and what does it mean in reference to God? So what on earth are we here for? The Purpose uh, Driven Life, uh, the title for the first week as we pick up the week. And, and I want to really encourage us to pick up these books. That's the whole purpose, that we pick up and we, as a whole church, we do these daily readings and we stop and we think about them. What is this saying? What is the challenge for me in here? Um, day one is today. Has anyone read day one yet? A few people, well done. Uh, let's pick it up and do this together. That's the whole purpose, that we all do this at the same, same time. The, uh, it's a good thing to do. And the whole topic of the first week, you can read it off the screen, what does it say? All right, turn to your neighbor and tell them that they matter to God. <laughs> it's true. God values you. It's a truth. God loves you deeply. And isn't that a great place to start, that we let that truth sink into our hearts, that God truly does value us, that He loves us. Let's let that sink in as we start this whole series. Start on the front foot. Because I guess in, in life, it's so easy to get caught up about what we want, what's, what is desiring us, what our desires are. That chocolate looks mighty good in that picture there, doesn't it? And that blissful look on the face that's... Uh, uh, <laughs> 
or maybe the chocolate and the teeth come together. Uh, it's, it's the whole image, isn't it? Self-indulgence, listening to the advertising and delving in. Oh yes, looks good. Uh, and look, if we listen to the advertising, there's all sorts of stuff we can, we can run after and, and go after. But does it truly satisfy? Does it really uh, meet those demands of our soul? It's sort of a quick fix that comes and goes. And uh, that's a good question to ask. And this book asks us the question is, what is the driving force in your life? When you wake up in the morning, what, what gets you going? What gives you energy and motivation? What gets you going? Uh, and there's so many things in life that can get people going to do tasks and do things. For some people, it is the material things. I want more of the material stuff. For some people, it's fear. I'm fearful uh, of situations or, or missing out. For some people, the driving force in their life is actually the approval of other people. I want other people to give me a thumbs up that I've done a good job. My parents or my, my, my family or, or someone in my workforce even. Maybe it's, um, it's guilt. Sometimes it's guilt that gets us going. Oh, I've done the wrong thing and this day I've got to try to make things right. Maybe um, it's, it's resentment and anger for our past where we like, what was wrong? That was wrong what people did to me. I'm going to make it right today. There are so many things that, that gives us a, a drive in life. But the key question there that, that is up there, who am I living for? Is it other people? And where is God in that picture? Where is God in my life? If you open up the purpose-driven life, and you turn to the first chapter, day one, and you go to the first four words. Uh, does anyone know what they are? Have you read it this morning? It's not about you. It's not about you. That's a big challenge in our culture, isn't it? Uh, here, even here in Australia, to think about those words that life is not centered on us. It's not all just about you and me. It's not just about my desires. Where is God in the picture? Where, is, where does God fit into the whole mix? In reality, is God just a small pocket of our lives? Do we just give God lip service or occasional bits and pieces of who we are? Or do we truly open up our hearts before God and give Him everything? Do we truly open it up all to God? Because there is a, a key point at the very start that we need to, to get our minds around, and that's who made us and why he made us. This is a, a quote from Rick Warren himself. You were made by gods and for gods, and until you understand that, life will never make sense. Is this true for you? Could you put your name in here on this slide rather than saying you? Could we put our name? Could I put my name? David, you were made by God and for God. Does your name fit into this? Does that help make sense of your very life? That you've truly believed that God formed you and made you in love and that your purpose for existing now is for Him, for God. It's quite a challenge when we think about it. 
But what this is good news is that it reminds us that our creator, our powerful God, has a purpose for each of us. God has a purpose for you. It's about us learning about that purpose and and stepping into it. Choosing God's. It is a good thing to remember and a powerful thing to remember that God is for us. What goes along with this is this wonderful reminder that you and I are not accidents. Maybe we've believed that lie before, that you are an accident, that it was a mistake that you ever came to this earth. That is a lie. You are not an accident. I am not an accident. God took care in forming you through whatever means he chose. In Psalm 139 verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. It's a beautiful reminder that God has made us with purpose. He loves us. That beautiful reminder that we are to respond in giving him thanks, in recognizing that. Because as we know, you matter, I matter to God. He loves us and we are to say thanks. I've got a short video which is from day two of this material that we're going to watch right now. Um, Hopefully if I just click next it's going to pop up. You are, are not an accident. not an accident. You know, there are accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. There are illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. And the reason you're alive, the reason your heart is beating, the reason you're taking a breath right now is that God wanted you alive. And the reason your parents are your parents is he knew they had just the right DNA to create you. They may have been good parents, bad parents, indifferent parents, or maybe you never even knew them. But God knew they had just the right DNA to create you, and God was more interested in making you than he was in their parenting skills. A few years ago, I was over in Hong Kong, and I met a young girl who was uh, dwarfed and uh, had never grown past about, oh, probably four feet tall. Her bones had ached all of that time, and she had felt the pain of ostracism, not being able to get a job, had not found a life partner to marry, and was feeling pretty lonely. One day, a church in Hong Kong decided to do 40 Days of Purpose, and somebody gave her a copy of Purpose Driven Life. And when she got to chapter 2, she read the title, You're Not an Accident, and she burst into tears. And she thought, maybe there is a purpose for my life. Later, our team was in Hong Kong, and uh, when she saw one of my pastors, she ran over to him and jumped into his arms and began to say over and over in Chinese, I am not an accident. I am not an accident. I am not an accident and you aren't either. I want you to read this chapter realizing that you are here for a purpose. So that's part of the material that we can pick up every day um, and look through as we go through, watch those little videos. We, you, I are not accidents. That's an important message that we sink in and remember, isn't it? that we are valuable in God's eyes. It is a, so, so important. And as we continue, if you open up day five, 
The reminder is given as material that we are to see life from God's perspective. It is so easy in life to be blind to what God is up to. It is so easy to put the blinkers on, to put a bucket over our head, to, uh, to get lost somewhere when it comes to God's. But the reality is God is there and the things of God last forever. James 4 verse 13 to 14. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Life here is temporary. It comes and goes so quickly. In reference to what is to come, the glories of heaven, this temporary time now is just going to come and go like a mist. It'll be so quick. And yet, the things of God last. That reminder for us to check our priorities. To think about what is God up to in my life? Where is God? What is the purpose? Is my heart to grow in the ways of God? Am I desiring for that faith to grow? The most important thing for us to trust and believe in God, for that to grow. Is that happening? Is that what we see God at work at in our life? Do we see our lives as a journey of God forming us so that we will grow in faith? Then following day, day six, as we pick up our materials. I'm hoping that you guys get excited by this material. That's why I'm trying to expose you to it. That as you get to it, you will get even deeper into it. Life is a temporary assignment. This world is not my home. There's so much to look forward to. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. As we look around, we see stuff. Does it last? No, it doesn't last. And so people of faith, people who trust in God, we cast our eyes on the things that we can't see, the things that last. C.S. Lewis has a quote that is in the book. All that is not eternal is eternally useless. I'll say that again. All that is not eternal is eternally useless. And I'm sure if, if we were to open up our, each of our lives, there is a lot of stuff that we delve into that is eternally useless. We're sort of going around in circles, treading water, going all sorts of stuff that has very little purpose in terms of eternity. But how much better is it to sow, to invest in the things of God that are eternal, that last? knowing that that leads to our permanent home in heaven. We need to be reminded of that all the time. And by the time we get to day seven, which is going to be next Saturday, we'll be doing a different reading 
And it's about four different words. Remember the first four we started with? What were those first four? What, it's not about you. Exactly, it's not about you. But the first, the first four words about the purpose of our life, it's all for him. Four very different words. And what a different way to live life, to put the focus on God, knowing that the things of God last. Romans 11.36 For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That's part of a beautiful uh, benediction or a beautiful passage of praise and to God's. A heartfelt prayer about the truth of how good God is. And those beautiful reminders that God made things through him, for him, for his glory. And the rightful for response from people is to say yes to God and to honour him. To give him the glory. That means to exalt him, to lift his name up, to say thank you to God for what he has done in making us and for giving us purpose. Indeed, that is our purpose in life in itself, to give glory to God, to say thank you to Him. And it's about us becoming more aware of that. Indeed, when we think about the glories of heaven, there'll be plenty of time to bring lots of glory to God as we enjoy what is to come. So that takes us to our reading we had from Romans 8. Uh, Romans 8.28, that was the very start of that Roman, the reading before. And as it says there, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Lots of people know this verse and they would quote the first half, probably off by hearts. The good reminder that God takes all situations in life, the bad, the ugly, the great, the, the, the indifferent, and he works them for good, for his purposes and his kingdom. God is at work in this world here and now, in Korowa now. And then we get to the second part of the verse that often gets missed out. But the people who follow God who have been called according to his purpose. And what a beautiful reminder here that the word calling goes with the word purpose. The word calling links so well to this idea that God has a purpose for us. Because what does God do? He calls us. It's not like our phone starts ringing and we uh, take the phone call. It's not that type of calling. In fact, does anyone get annoyed by telephone calls sometimes? It's a very different type of calling. Let me affirm, we're not supposed to put God on call waiting. Uh, we're not supposed to put him off when uh, we feel that he's calling us. It's uh, a picture here that God speaks into our lives and he directs us and he gives us a purpose, a calling to, to do things of good in this world. God, as we hear his goodness and his voice, he calls us into what he would have us do. And that becomes our purpose. In fact, if you open up the Bible, you will see the term calling far more than you will see the term purpose. Um, up to 10 times more, maybe, if you did an analysis. The idea being that God calls people. In fact, if we look through the characters of the Bible, there is such a picture that God has spoken into their lives and he's called them to a purpose, to do things for him, his will. And when we understand the fact that God 
made us and we open up our lives, that's exactly what God does. He speaks to us, He calls us into what He would have us do. We each have a different calling, but we work together for the good of God's kingdom. What is God calling you to do in your life? So, the week ahead, the commitment is to do this reading. If you don't have a book, there's a few more books at the back and we can get you some. There is a commitment at the start of this book uh, that you might have seen on on one of the first pages. Um, And it's got a, a commitment that you can make with someone else to be accountable. It's good to be accountable so that we don't forget. I can't even see where it is at this very moment. There it is. My covenant. Why not? Why not make a covenant with someone you know and just say, well, with God's help, I commit to the next 40 or 42 days of my life to discover God's purpose for my life. And you put your name down in here and you put uh, someone else's name down. And the aim is that there's a bit of accountability around this. But can't you see that it's going to be good for, a, for the whole people that gather here if we all do this together? Won't that be powerful if we think through this every single day? Because it's very easy not to do things like this and just to let them pass. But the, the reminder is, is that let's do this. This is a good thing. Let us delve into it and, and have a go. And let's encourage each other through it. Sure, it'll be challenging, but it's for good. It's for the things of God that we know last. Let us truly engage with an eagerness, a desire to look at this material with open hearts that we might truly have a purpose-driven life, one where God is honoured in what we say and do. Let's pray. Our Lord God, as we come to this series on purpose-driven life, help us to hear from you. Help us, Lord, to seek you, to have a, a boldness to say yes to you in our hearts. Lord, help us to examine who we are and what we're doing. And help us to change it so that it will be about you. Lord, help us in this task and help us be united as a church to pick up this material together and to do it as as a body. That, Lord, you will speak through it and honour us and lift us up in your good ways. And we pray for your help now in Jesus' name. Amen.